Well, how is everybody doing? And I, I mean, if you didn't, if you didn't hear, I do want to publicly apologize because I do not get on Facebook nearly as much as I should. And I think since I've been here, I've had 10, 15 people say, you haven't accepted my friend request on Facebook. <laughs> so I was like, uh-oh. And yesterday was my birthday. So many of you uh, wish me a happy birthday. And so I, I did see them. I did thank you very much for all of them. But I didn't want you to feel like I just hadn't or saw it and then just ignored it. So I promise you I have seen them. And uh, yeah. So are you guys excited tonight? That was, that was good. And I'm going to give you chances to redeem yourself throughout the night. Uh, but I'm excited. I am so pumped. And that maybe it's just youth language because it is. But I really am. I am just really pumped about tonight because Pastor Zach uh, approached our life group weeks ago um, about this concept of little foxes. And it does sound a lot like Bruno Mars' album. And I was just really excited to hear little foxes. That that sounds awesome. And he, he asked me to speak. And so luckily we had some things lined up in youth. So I was able to come and, and share. And I really do in, in praying for this and, and just uh, seeking God in what direction to go. I had one direction two weeks ago that I was going to go and I just knew this is it. And uh, as I'm praying and as I'm seeking the Lord, I just really felt like I needed to share my heart and share a testimony. So uh, I hope that's okay just to share a story. I know I haven't been a part of the Wednesday night culture here in the main service. The youth has a completely different culture. We are wild and crazy, and it's awesome. And so I've got to see that this culture really is, and I hope you don't get offended by this, it's really chill. It's really intimate. I get to come and just worship the Lord freely, not, not caring about who's next to me. And it's really, uh, y'all are hungry, and I love that, which means y'all love to hear testimonies. And so I just want to stand up here and share a testimony of something that happened in my life and... Uh, just see what happens. So uh, if you would, though, let's go ahead and look at the scripture that started this whole thing. So it's Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 2, verses 15. And I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation, just like Pastor Zach did. And it says, you must catch the troubling foxes. I love that. You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationships. And that's the first thing that I want you to take note of is what do they do? They hinder relationships. So take note of that. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. So I want you to, to take note of three things there. The first thing is what do they do? Ruin relationships. How do they do it? By ruining what's already put inside of you. They tried to ruin that. And then the, the third thing that I think is incredible is that God's plan isn't for you to do it all alone. He says, we're going to remove it together. Now he asks you, he gives you the invitation and is asking for your submission in, do, in so doing. But he's wanting to do it together. So I want you to just take note of those things and remember as we go on through the night. So this incredible story is about a story of two lovers. And it's a really awesome story. In fact, I remember reading it as a kid and going like, why is this in the Bible? And it was just mind-blowing. But it really is a beautiful story that is in the Bible of two lovers. And I love the way uh, that the writer captures it from beginning to end. And again, these little foxes here to destroy this relationship, to be careful to capture those troubling foxes. And so I want to share a story 
um, about a love story, I could say, against, with me and my wife. Now, I'm not going into detail like this. I mean, Jesus. But we're going, to, we're going to be talking about a story of me and my wife before we got married of where I really did. I almost lost her, and we, I would have probably still been single to this day. Praise God that did not happen because my wife is the bomb. I don't think she's in here right now, but if she w- is, I would totally have embarrassed her, but I promised her I wouldn't. So I'm not going to. So anyway, I, I just want to uh, touch on that story. So I'm... Uh, first, I do want to apologize too. I've been congested, so if I accidentally like, you know, or something like that, just, just, you know, Alex will edit that out. You guys just ignore it. No big deal. We're gonna, we're gonna get through it. But I, I do want to uh, give you a little bit of backstory about myself. I was born, I actually was born here, but I lived in Hugo up until I was 18. Graduated from there in high school, and then moved here the second that I was finished with school, and have lived here, been pastoring here uh, for a few years, and I absolutely love it. And when I was living in Hugo in high school, I met. Uh, my wife, and at the time she was just a friend, I met her name's Faith, and uh, I met her in 2010, and we got married this last year, and so we've known each other for, uh, I mean, going on nine years, knowing each other. We've been in a relationship going on seven years, and we've only been uh, married for a little over a year. So we have history together. There's this long history of knowing her uh, and knowing who she is and getting to know her as a friend. So anyway, 2010, rolls around. This is the story where it begins. 2010 rolls around. I met her. And when I saw her, I hate to say that it was love at first sight because it wasn't, but it was lust at first sight. I thought she was beautiful. And I was like, I want that one. And I I looked at her and I remember telling my youth pastor's daughter that was sitting next to me, she's a good friend of mine, and telling her, her name was Callan. I said, Callan, who is that girl? I've got to get to know her. And now she knew me and I was kind of what I'm, I was a little hoodlum, okay? And so uh, whenever I said, I want to know that girl, there was nothing spiritual about it. And so she, she was looking at me and she was like, you, oh, I can't believe it. You don't even talk to her. She's awesome. And she's like telling me, and I remember what she said to me was she said, uh, Colton, uh, you don't deserve her because that is Hannah Sheriff's little sister. And now I, I don't, I'm not from here. So I didn't know who Hannah Sheriff, I didn't know who Jacob Sheriff were. I, I didn't, honestly didn't know who Dwayne was probably. And I'm like, I don't care who that is. She is beautiful and I want that one. And so I, I had it set in my heart that she was the one that I, I just wanted to know. Well, come to find out her family has some very strict rules about dating. Very strict rules about dating. Um, I don't know how much you know um, but in short, it was not what I was used to, okay? It was not what I was used to. And so I was used to, this is no joke, at one point in, in when I was in high school, I had a dad, a really big guy. I mean, he, got, he was 6'6", he was you know, a couple hundred pounds, he was an OU linebacker, he was huge. And he walked up to me because I'd been hanging around his daughter. And he gave me money and said, I want you to take this girl on a date. And I was like, all right, done. And so that's what I was used to. Like, just this is going to be easy. This is going to want just, all right, boom, 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 no problem. Well, uh, I actually told Faith, I said, this was years after, this would have been 2012. And I said, Faith, I was just trying to test the waters because I knew by this time I knew it wasn't going to be easy. And I said, Faith, I just, I just wanted you to know that, uh, that last year I actually, uh, actually kind of liked, liked you. And she busted out laughing and said, that will never happen. And I said, oh, well, that, that is just, that's not good. <laughs> and you know, most people that would deter and say, all right, just go to someone else. But that, that is not what happened. And so uh, over the course of some time, we eventually got together. And uh, 
I, at that point, you know, we had been together, this was 2013, this is January the uh, 6th, the 7th and 8th, around that time. And uh, typically I would come see her. I would come see her on the weekends because, again, I lived in Hugo and she lived here in Durant. And as I would uh, come see her, you know, we, we began to just grow as friends. And like I said, her family had some strict rules, so we weren't allowed to be physical or anything like that. Couldn't even hold her hand. There was nothing like that. It was just a hug when I saw her, hug when I left. And that was about it. And so we weren't allowed to hold hands until we'd been together for over a year. We weren't allowed to put my arm around her until we'd been together for two years. And I was not allowed to kiss her until we, had been, we were engaged. And so long process, and it taught me a lot, praise God. And I, I love my in-laws for it because I needed it. And so... <laughs> Um, just being honest, I'm being real. I'm being transparent. And again, I'm, telling, I'm telling a testimony. So this is something that I, I'm being vulnerable. I want you to see my heart in this. And I want you to hear these struggles because I do believe that this isn't something that is just for young people. I don't believe it's something that's just for older people. But I really do believe the heart behind this story is something that we all struggle with or have struggled with at some point. So I want it to be relatable. I want it to be real. And I want you uh, to just really receive from it. So Anyway, uh, those were the rules, those were the background of, of faith and I. And so now, now that the background is set in stone, I, I want to talk to you about the little foxes that we're going to talk about tonight. See, this is a tricky little fox, okay? This is a sly fox. This is not a fox that you just see and you notice all the time, or maybe you've noticed him, but he's so cute you don't want to do anything about it. And this is a fox called distraction. Maybe you know him as a fox called preoccupied, or maybe you know him better as the fox of, I just don't have time for that. I don't have time. And so, can I just get a hand raise if we're all being transparent and honest this place? How many of you have ever said in your life, I just don't have time for that? Okay, I probably said that 10 minutes ago, if I'm being honest. I just don't have time for that. You want to play ping pong? No, don't have time for that. I got to go. And so, there is this, and you know, it sounds bad. And before we really dive into this, I do want to preface this with we are all busy okay I understand we all have lives some of us are students some of us are parents uh, husbands wives we uh, do many different things multiple jobs some of us so I, I understand we're busy and I'm not hey, listen if you're busy I understand I'm not I'm not condemning you for that I'm busy as well okay but I'm we're going to dive into it of what it means to to find these little foxes and what they do because remember they're here to ruin relationship and they do that by stealing what's already planted in you so back to the story so anyway, January the 8th, 9th, uh, 10th, somewhere in there, January the 6th to the 10th in that area in 2013, Faith and I had been together for some time and I had got to this place in my walk with her and in, with my walk with the Lord where I was just getting really relaxed. I was getting distracted at the time. I was uh, going to college um, on a few nights of the week in Antlers, taking some college classes in high school. I was also uh, a pre-engineering student at the Kaimichi Technology Center. So it was like a different type of college, strictly for engineering. It's crazy, but it was amazing. Learned a lot, but we had to take ridiculous classes. But anyway, I was doing that. Um, I didn't have a job. And uh, so really it was just schooling, which was the big thing going at night times and uh, probably video games, if I'm honest. Probably a ton of video games I was playing. And so... I was really caught up in that. And it had been probably a couple weekends since I had come to see Faith. And it, again, if you don't know our family, we have a ton of nieces and nephews, a ton of kids. Like currently there's 15 and Faith and I haven't even got started. So I don't, there's tons of, tons of 15 grandkids just in Faith's side of the family. It's insane. And so at this time though, there was only like four. And it's just crazy to think about it. There's only like four. And one of them was just born or was being born 
And it was an incredible deal. It's a huge deal whenever a, a, you know, a child is born, especially in our family. And so it's a big celebration. The whole family was there. I wasn't able to be there. Obviously, one, I wasn't in the family, but also lived an hour away. And I did not mean kids weren't, we didn't, we didn't get along because I didn't, I'd never been around kids. I'm going to be honest back then. And so I'm, I'm, you know, going through this and, and Faith is, you know, celebrating with her family. I haven't been there for a few weekends. I haven't been there to help her. And all I am saying to her is, well, I'm, I'm really busy with, with school. I've got a lot of homework tonight. Uh, I've got to do calculus. I've got to drive to Antlers for college. I've got to do this. And um, I already don't like texting and calling. It just is an inconvenience. And so I, was, I really didn't want to, to be maintaining it. And, you know, I cared for her deeply. I fought for years to get to this point. But I was getting to this place where I was losing that, that beginning intimacy. And I was getting frustrated, if I'm being honest. I was getting real frustrated that we've been together for so long. I've been pursuing her for years, and I can't even hold her hand. There's no, there's not a big moment of intimacy. It's just this casual walk with her. It's just this casual getting to know her. And it was, it was as a young man, if all the men in here probably understand, I was, I was frustrated. I was, there's nothing happening. I live so far away, and she keeps saying she needs me. I don't understand and, and so I'm, I'm in this place, and there was a night, it was January the 8th specifically, and Faith had, had texted me that morning and said, it's been rough. These past couple of days have been rough. I really, I need you. I need, like, whenever you get out of school, can you please give me a phone call? Let's just talk through some things. Of course. I'm like, yes, of course. Let's, we'll talk through some things. Let's go. School comes to an end, and one of my friends walks up to me. and He's like, hey, by the way, got this new game in my house. I got this stuff going on. You want to come over? Yeah, man, let's go. And so I'd go with this friend, and I forget all about the phone call. <laughs> forget all about what's going on in her, in her heart, in her mind. And I didn't have service where this friend lived, so she had been texting me and calling me. Didn't get any of them, or I might have got them. I don't know if I remember. I might have just screened them. I was that big of a jerk. And so I was just going through these things, and and uh, that nighttime rolls around, and I get home, and she, uh, you know, says, you know, I get my, my service back, and she says, you know, I'm, I'm going to sleep, you know, good night. I'm like, okay, cool, so I'm, I'm also going to go to sleep. So as I am going to sleep, I have this incredible dream, and this is just one of the ways the Lord speaks to me. If it, Listen, if you've never had uh, a dream from the Lord, or maybe you have and you don't know it, don't, please don't be condemned. This is, seriously, this is one of the ways that the Lord is always speaking to me, and it started with this dream. And so, from now on, what I'm about to say is the dream, okay? So, uh, and also, if you feel the temptation to, for the little foxes to start coming up, even while I'm speaking, for you to get distracted, things going on, catch them, okay? <laughs> but we're gonna, we're gonna, let me tell you this dream now. So, we're going, I'm going to this dream, and in this dream, I'm, I'm walking on a boardwalk. I don't know why I was a boardwalk, but we're walking on a boardwalk, me and Faith, and we're holding hands. Praise God. And we're holding hands while we're walking, and we ride this ride, and when we get finished, I realize my wife is hungry. Now, I, men, if your wife is hungry, they get a little hangry, okay? Just like I know we, we get, I, I, I get hangry. So I, Faith is hungry in this dream, and I'm like, all right, I, I need to get her fed. I need to go feed her. So we go to this food court, and I remember thinking so like just really focusing on she's hungry. We've got to feed her. So we go to this food court 
And I go up and uh, talk to this lunch lady. And this lunch lady was incredible. Uh, she was a, a short, uh, kind of stout African-American woman. And she was the nicest. She represents God in the dream. And she was like, what you want to eat, baby? And I'm like, oh, this, this, I want this and this and this. And I start loading up my plate with all my favorite foods. Mashed potatoes, brown gravy, because it's got to be brown gravy, white gravy. Ugh. And so we're loading up. And I remember taking it. And I'm like, all right, I've got to go feed Faith. And I start walking back. And I, as I'm getting there, uh, some of my friends come up and they're like, oh man, I'm so glad you brought us food. I'm hungry. I was like, sure. And I give all the food away. So I was like, I got to go feed Faith. Let me go get more food. So I go back to the lunch lady and she's like, you back again, baby? I was like, yes, I am. Let's get some more food. And I load up the trays. And as I'm going back, uh, I realize Faith is gone. Faith is not, no longer at this table where I have left her. And the only thing that's on there is my cell phone. And I look at my cell phone and I had text messages and calls and all of them were labeled in the contacts as friends. And I was like, what is this? Where is Faith at? And so I, I remember I'm trying to look for Faith. So I go to my house in Hugo, which is, anyway, I go to my house in Hugo and I'm trying to find her. Remember, this is still a dream. And as I'm there, I've got my little dog. He's a little Jack Russell Terrier. He's like of the devil, I'm telling you. And his name is Mojo. And uh, he, he was like my buddy. He was, my, he was always my buddy growing up. And uh, me and him were in my room and we were, uh, she, he was trying to sniff Faith out for me. And as I'm in there, this wizard. Now, that sounds weird. I wasn't even into Harry Potter, I promise. There was this wizard that is at my window, and he's like knocking, and he's laughing, and I'm like, I don't like this. I've got to get him out of here. And so it was just this mission. I got to get this wizard out of my house. And I run into the living room, and I remember I tell my parents, Mom, Dad, there's a wizard. And they were like, yeah, we know. He's fine. I was like, no, he's not fine. We've got to get him out of here. And I'm adamant about getting this wizard out. So eventually, I, I go outside, I see this wizard, and I, I point my finger at him, and I'm like, get out of here in Jesus' name. And he like, flies up into the air, and he makes this throne on top of our house. And I was like, what? What is that? So I point my finger, and he was like, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And it, it disappears, and all of a sudden, in front of me, uh, lies this little baby. This little baby. I know this sounds weird. I'll explain it all in just a little bit, I promise. And this little baby lands in front of me, and I'm like... Faith's still hungry. <laughs> For some reason, that just in my mind, in the dream, Faith still hasn't eaten. And so I traveled to Durant, which in dream time from Hugo to Durant takes like that. And so I, I get to Durant and I see Faith and she's right out here outside the church and she's got like all of her bags packed. And this is the only time that this has ever happened in a dream where a dream had two endings and I woke up and then I went right back to sleep and it had a second ending. And it was really incredible actually. And so I had in the first ending of this dream, Faith gets on this bus uh, with Pastor Jacob and they leave together and I helped her load her bags on the bus and she left. In the second dream, uh, I actually picked up some of my own bags with her and we got on the bus together and we drove off. Now, I, this is the end of the dream. So I wake up and I'm like, that was totally a God dream and I am freaking out because it's amazing. And I'm like, I know it. I knew it. Like I knew it. And so I'm going to reach for my phone to write it all down and I was going to text Faith and say, Faith, you won't believe this cool experience I just had with the Lord. Now, to my surprise, as I grabbed my phone, I had some texts from her mom. And I don't know if I don't use iPhones. I did back then. But, like, I don't know if you've ever, like, if you send a really long message on an iPhone, it, like, caps you off at, like, a 1,000 characters. Um, I had three of those, just 3,000 characters full of text messages. And in so many words, it said, Faith and I were over. And said, listen, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on between you and Faith, uh, but something's not right. And uh, I, I don't know. She's not okay. She's been uh, very upset. 
She's been telling me a little bit. All I know is that I spent time in prayer and I know this isn't good fruit and y'all need to, this needs to be gone. Now listen, my mother-in-law is absolutely amazing. If you've never met Kimberly Needham, she is incredible. I have nothing bad to say about her. She is literally, she's taught me so much. She's awesome. Mama Kim, if you're listening, brownie points. I got a lot of competition, okay? I'm against a bunch of awesome brother-in-law. So anyway, but she heard that. I gave her credit. Uh, but anyway, no, she's incredible. And I trusted her, her uh, knowledge. I trusted her relationship with the Holy Spirit. I knew she heard God. She woke up every morning, still this day, wakes up every morning at like 5 a.m. and spends like two hours in prayer, scripted prayer. And I'm like, this is, she's an amazing woman. So I'm like, I know this lady's here in the Lord. I am in the wrong. And so I'm looking and I'm like, Lord, what could I have possibly done wrong? I, I just got a sweet dream. And I'm just like, that's all I can focus on. And so I'm, she told me, like, I'm not allowed to talk to Faith. I'm like, if you just let me talk to her, I can, I can talk my way out of it. I can talk my way out of anything. So I was like, just let me talk to her. We can talk to her. And she knew that. So she was like, don't you talk to my daughter. And so if you've ever seen her dad, her dad would kill me. Her dad is a very big man. So I was like, I'm, yeah, I can't do this. There's no way out of it other than I'm going to have to go to Jesus about this. What a novel idea. Anyway, and so I'm, I'd been so distracted. Those little foxes had had started to weasel their way into my relationship, destroying my relationship. And again, if you're single in this place, just so you know, I'm not just talking about the relationship between me and a girl. I'm talking about a relationship between uh, us and the father. So just take note of that. And so anyway, I'm, I'm panicking because now this, this person that I have worked so hard in pursuing that I fought for years, that she laughed in my face and denied me. And now we're here, it's, it's, she's, just, she's gone. She's gone, and I knew that it was something I had done or hadn't done, and I knew that it was gone. And it wasn't just a relationship, but she had taught me, her family had taught me what it meant to pursue Jesus, what it meant to have a real relationship with the Father. They taught me so much, and it was just all gone. And it was so heartbreaking, so devastating. And so I remember that I was like, all right, I've got to spend time with the Lord to get faith back. That was my, that was my goal. I, I got to spend time with the Lord to get faith back. That's not a good goal, just so you know. And so I'm like, I got to spend time with the Lord because I've got to get this back. I have to fix this. I have to. And so that was my goal for about three days. And remember, this is in January, so it is freezing outside. <laughs> and I, I'm at school one day, and it had just rained the night before, and it wasn't freezing yet. It was like 35 or something. Well, then it got to like 30 in the middle of school day, and our pipes froze at school, and they busted because it's old piping, old building. And uh, they had to send us home from school. And so my thought process is, praise God. Like, I get to go home. I had been fasting. I think it was really just because I was sick and I couldn't eat. But like, I, I had been fasting. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go home. I'm about to spend this time in the word. I was reading this book. I brought it just so I could see. It's called The Cost of Discipleship. Changed my life. Y'all need to read it. It's incredible. Uh, I am, there's no stakes in this book. Just trust me, read it, it's good. Um, it'll challenge you though, that is for sure. If you're comfortable and you wanna stay comfortable, don't read it. But if you really wanna grow, I, I encourage you. It's really uncomfortable. But anyway, so I'm, I'm, my plan is I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna cuddle up with Mojo, my dog, and we're gonna, I'm gonna get in PJs and I'm gonna get a cup of coffee. I'm gonna read this book, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna get faith back. That's my plan and that is what I did. And so I go home, I get in PJs, got my like awesome Spongebob uh, you know, pants on and I've got just like a little sweatshirt on and I, I'm in this recliner, kicked back with a cup of coffee and I'm reading and I'm thinking, Lord, what 
what do I have to do to convince Faith's mom that everything's going to be okay, that I'm good, we're good, everything's going to be good because i got to get her back. So I'm reading this book, I believe it's in chapter 2, and it starts talking about the call, the call on a Christian's life, what it means for Jesus to call somebody. And I never really heard a sermon preached on this. I didn't really know what it meant. But if you read in the Bible, you can test this. You can go look at all the scriptures where Jesus calls his disciples. And he pretty much does just that. He calls the disciples. And there's no previous encounter recorded. There is no, like, they hung out or playing cards together or something like that. It was just simply this man is walking down the shores and says, hey, why don't you follow me? And these people do it, which is just crazy, like, I'm thinking to myself, like if some guy walks up to me on a lake, takes home and says, follow me, that's the last thing I'm doing, which might be, if you think about it, might be some of the problems with Christianity today to not step out and just follow, which is what we're going to get to. And so Jesus, when he calls his disciples, they just follow him. And I'm reading about this and and Diedrich Bonhoeffer is the author, he's a, a German theologian and he was, he's talking and he's saying, as, as Christians, when Jesus calls a man, he is literally calling him to die to himself. And to enter into your calling, you must first answer the call. And I said, Lord, that is awesome. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, this is not, an, I mean, I'm an exaggerative person, but what I'm about to tell you is not an exaggeration and I'm, I'm being as honest as I can be. And I'm, when I say this too, please don't feel bad if you've never heard the Lord in this way. Uh, this is just like I said, I'm a weird person. The Lord speaks to me in weird ways through dreams and like this. And so I'm sitting in my recliner and I'm sitting and I, I'm, I'm sipping my cup of coffee. And I'm reading this about hearing the call, hearing the call on my life. And all at this time, I hear this rushing wind just in my right ear. And it's like, and all of a sudden, all the hearing in my right ear goes away. Now, again, I can't explain this. I, I have, was a biology major and studied all this stuff and there's nothing about this. And I'm going and all the hearing goes away and I just hear like this wind like tunnel vision almost telling me to go that way and where I'm sitting that way is 10 acres of woods and there's a glass door and I look that way and now this the wind is just right in front of me and it's telling me to go that way and I'm reading about hearing this call so I'm like all right Lord I ain't it ain't gonna happen like I ain't going out there because remember this is January and it is freezing and currently it is pouring down rain, freezing rain. It is below 30, and it is crazy. There's icicles coming off of our roof. And I said, Lord, this is not going to happen. This, is, this isn't wisdom. This is, that's not what this is. This is not wisdom. I'm trying to use that card, you know. This isn't wisdom. I'm not going out there. And so I'm safe in here. Lord, I'm reading this book that you told me because he had told me to read this book. I was like, He's, you told me to read this book. I'm reading it. I'm being obedient. I, it ain't going to happen. And that's all that happened. I, I, a few minutes later, there was no wind. There was no nothing. My, ear, my hearing came back. But all I can think about is I got to answer that call. There's no previous engagement before. There's no previous engagement after. There's just a call. So I said, all right. So I get up. I'm in my PJs. And I get up. I put my rain boots on, which go to like right here. Put a jacket on. I get my dog. And I say, all right, Mojo, we are going for a walk. And <laughs> this is crazy. And uh I open the doors and I just start walking out in the woods. We have 10 acres of woods. And I can't almost with words describe how I felt 
other than the whole time that I stepped out the door, actually since the time I decided I'm going, there was this peace. I've only ever felt this peace two other times in my life. And that was whenever I was in uh, Skid Row in LA and in Harlem in New York. Felt this peace come over me that I, I know without a shadow of a doubt, the Lord God is with me. I felt so at peace and not just that, not just happiness, but joy. True joy. I don't know if Pastor Zach has taught you the difference between happiness. This wasn't just a feeling that I'm having. This is a, a, a firm awareness that, man, my God is with me. And I, I felt this presence as I'm walking outside and it's, free, it's not comfortable and I'm not qualified, okay? I'm in PJs to go do this, but I did it. And so as I start to take steps out there, I get to the very end. I'm ta- the whole time I'm talking to myself, Lord, I was really hoping, what I was hoping for is like for some snake in the middle of January to come up and I was gonna stomp on its head and it's gonna be some triumphant like, yeah, I got faith back. And that's not what happened. So I get all the way back to the very back of our property where we have this creek. And uh, I'm standing on the bank, and it's about seven, eight foot tall, and there's water beneath. And like I said, it's in rain, so there is water rushing. And I remember sitting up there looking, and I felt this, this calling to jump inside. And I said, Lord, I'm going to die. Like this, <laughs> what is, this ain't safe, this ain't wise. Why not? And so I did. I jumped into this this, what seemed like a death pit. And I, I'm sitting in there and I'm thinking, you know, my, my hope was that I got rain boots up to here. Water's only gonna be like this deep. It wasn't. It was water pouring into my boots and it is freezing. And I'm sitting in there. And when I jumped into the water, again, this is something that I don't really have verbiage for. But whenever I was in there, I, it was like the revelation of this dream that I had just hit me. It just hit me. It was insane that in the dream what Faith and I walking together on the court represented us walking our relationship out together. When I took her to go get food, it represented me, rep- me being the, the man soon to be of the house and getting food from the father, helping her lead, making sure she's taken care of, making sure she's fed, getting stuff, revelation from the father to even share with her and eat myself. But it was getting taken away by people in my life that I was not, I was just tending to because that's just my personality. I'm gonna give here, there were distractions from my soon wife taking away from everything. And when I realized that my friends had all but consumed everything that I was receiving I realized that my wife is gone. And when I went and looked for her, I go to the place where I know to start my comfort, my bed, which is super comfy. And I I go to my comfort zone and I go and I start looking for her. And when I'm there, this wizard is there. And I, I realized that this wizard represented my comfort, represented everything, my distractions, my being preoccupied, my I don't have enough time for this and I, I, that angered me because I was able to see that this is hurting faith she's gone so I started to rebuke it in Jesus name and it went away and when it did it made uh, a throne on my house trying to to be friendly trying to look a different way to justify my distractions to justify the things that were hanging me up those little foxes but I sought for what it was and cast it out again and when I did it showed up as a baby which we know that a baby is as a seed is a fruit from seeds that we had sown And so this baby representing this new seed that I had sown into the life of being able to fight these distractions, to find these troubling foxes, to find that. And now out from that, we have new life. And at that moment where I've realized I fought this, I'm I'm in the right direction, 
my wife still needs to eat. She still needs to be cared for. Just because I've got my stuff here, that doesn't mean that I, I can't go help her. So when I do, obviously you can probably think that the end of the dream represents uh, us getting on our journey together and going off together or me leaving her alone to go on her journey. Now there's a lot more in that, but I'm just trying to talk about these, these certain points. And as I'm walking in this freezing cold river now, I'm like, Lord, this is awesome, and I'm, I'm tripping, and I'm walking, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I've got to go write this down. I've got to go. This is incredible. This is, Lord, what is this? And again, I'm feeling this peace, this joy, this peace that truly surpasses all understanding because there is nothing understandable about doing what I'm doing right now. And so I'm walking, and as I'm trying to get up this embankment, which again, it's like pretty tall, I eventually get up. And I walk back home, just water in my boots. I was probably sick afterwards. Anyway, and I get, I get home and I had this uh, drum room that my parents had built for me so I could go and drum in, in peace and not destroy all the neighbor's ears. And so I, I went in this drum room because I had this journal and I still have this journal somewhere. I can't find it. And uh, I'm, I'm writing all these things down. And as I'm, I'm in there writing down the answers to, to this dream and writing down what it means, I start talking to the Lord I say, Lord, why did I do that? Like, why couldn't you have just said, hey, this is what the dream means and go fix it. Like, why, why did I have to go do all of that? Why did I have to have this hearing go away? Why did I have to do that? And there was no response. There was nothing. I couldn't hear anything other than the water dripping off me. And I'm like, what is going on? And I start remembering what Diedrich Bonhoeffer had said in this book. He said, you have to answer the call to first, to then get into your calling. And that was a question I had as a, as a kid. I hear adults to this day ask me, well, I just don't know my calling. People ask me that all the time. What, well, what's my calling? So this question is rising up in my heart. And I said, Lord, what is my calling? Lord, what, what am I supposed to do? What am I here for? What is my calling? And I heard him so clear, not as a rushing wind just in my heart as the Holy Spirit. He says, that, my son, is the right question. What is your calling? And he said, your calling is to know me. And that's it. To know me. And I said, well, that's simple. And I was like, I was just like, there's not some big, like, I'm not supposed to be a pastor. And it was just, no, your calling is to know me as the calling is for anyone to know me. And I'm thinking, man, this is, this is incredible. But before I could know that, I had to, in obedience, answer the call. Whatever that looks like. And, and, and regardless of any distraction, of any, well, I'm just preoccupied. I don't have time for that. Instead of saying, no, you know what? The Lord put this in my heart and because he did, there doesn't have to be a set list of instructions or everything. It needs to be a little dangerous, church. It doesn't need to just be safe. The church has never been meant to just be safe. It's supposed to be this element of faith, of stepping out. And you know, if you're afraid, I talked on this the last time, just because you feel afraid doesn't mean you have to be afraid. Just because you feel very uncomfortable and you don't want to walk out there, doesn't mean you have to live that way. To just simply answer. And when you answer that call and call those distractions, those little foxes for what they are, the being preoccupied and start to rip up, man, that, 
you can start entering into that calling of knowing him. And so I'm, I'm in this place now where I'm like, okay, I got this. No joke. I wrote this down. I had it time stamped on my journal. I had it. I'm writing it down. I got to know him. All this is to know him. And I begin to realize, oh my goodness, that, that is why faith is gone. Because I'm not taking the time to know her. I'm looking for some event. I'm looking for something deeper. I'm looking for something further. When simply the little foxes have been, have been around trying to get me distracted from simply knowing the person that's in front of me. And so I began, I write this down. Forget everything. Get to know Faith, get to know her, get to know the Lord. And as I do, not even kidding, now, Faith is in the back. She can attest to this. She's got this, everything with time to him. She texted me and said, hey, my mom just texted me a minute ago and said that the Lord told her everything's good, that we can talk again and that the Lord has showed you some revelation about a dream. And I'm like, that ain't even fair, okay? <laughs> to hear the Lord that clear, that is not fair. And I'm like, what is this? So then that was the new goal, okay? That was the new goal. I'm getting to that place. It's still a goal of mine. And I'm like, okay. So then I'm just excited. I'm, I'm like, man, I can just sh- share this with faith. I can share this with her. And I remember I came over that next weekend. I'm telling her and her mom. And her mom's just like, told you. All you had to do is go spend time with the Lord. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And so I'm, I'm in this place and I'm humble. But all that is to say, church, the little foxes are there to ruin your relationship with other people but with the Lord how many times have we said Lord I want to go deeper I want more Lord I feel I'm ready I've been faithful I've been doing this stuff I'm here but then all of a sudden it just seems like there's nothing it just seems like there's nothing someone says hey you need to come to church come check out this church hey I've got this life group well I'm I'm sorry I just I don't have time for that I've, I've got a lot going on. Not knowing that what happens at that life group is supernatural. That you could have something on the inside of you that someone needs. Or someone in that group might have something for you that you need. Maybe has an opportunity, but I, I'm sorry, I just, I just don't have time. Now again, I'm prefacing that. Sometimes we don't have time. We've got to make time. It's not easy, but if it's important, we've got to make time. There are times, church, where we really get in this mindset of distraction where we're trying to get something from God. We're trying to, when simply, all we gotta do is answer that call. And that is to know God. Pray, pray to God, first of all. You don't have to ever have to go walk into the woods freezing, okay? But you need to answer that call on your life. And all that is is simply, if, you, if you're, what's the will of God for my life? To know him. It's that simple, to know him. Get to know him. For me, getting to know my wife Everything else has just happened. Everything else has just happened. We're married. There's been big events. We're married. We're in ministry together. That's like a dream come true. That's not something the Lord said, hey, by the way, at this time, this day, you're going to be here because that's the will of God. No, it was to know God, to just trust him, to walk with him. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you some things, leave, with, leave you with some points tonight. And again, I want you to, to hear the heart of this is that those little foxes, they look cute. Sometimes they're just distractions like, I don't even know what. They could, you know. So there was a point in my life where 
I was a full-time college student in biology, which is crazy. I don't recommend it for anybody. Like, just second guess, okay? And so I was doing this, and I was taking, like, 16 hours, which in reality is, like, 20-something hours with all the labs. And I'm doing this. I'm also engaged to my, to my now wife, doing that, working full-time. And I still had time to put a ton of hours into video games, okay? And I, I just told myself for ye- like forever, man, I am so busy. I am so busy. There's so much going on. And in reality, I was. I had a lot to get done. But since things were important to me, the call of God on my life is important to me, I had to make time. I had to put video games down. I know, I've, listen, you're probably not into video games. I get it. Video games are the bomb, okay? But sometimes, uh, not to step on anyone's toes here, well, maybe it is to step on some toes, but it's okay to have company over if your house is a little dirty. Things don't have to just be perfectly clean to have everything set in stone to have people over. No, you need to show them reality, first of all, but show them hospitality. But sometimes they didn't have to, well, I, I can't do that because I have to do this first. I have to do this. Listen, God does not call the qualified. He doesn't call people to have it all in order. When he calls you, that qualifies you. So whenever he says, hey, follow me, you're qualified. You don't have to go through some set list. Listen, when he called me, I was in my PJs, okay? I was not qualified to go out there, but it, he wasn't looking at that. He was looking at my heart. Will you follow me? And whenever you begin to follow him and set aside those little, those little tricky foxes, little Bruno Mars foxes, when you set those aside, you are able to step into that knowing, to step into that knowing. Some of you feel like, well, I'm, I'm in this place, I'm in this place and I'm serving the Lord. I'm, I'm here. Listen, just because you are in a place doesn't mean you're in place. Does that make sense? Just because you are in a certain place in your life does not mean that you are in place. Is that what the Lord has called you to? This is a question I ask myself quite often and it's really, it's challenging. And that is, what is the reason that I started ministry in the first place? I'm not talking about just working for a church. But what is the reason I started walking this out with the Lord? And when I began to think back about it, I remember when I was you know, 12 and 13 and the Lord called me, man, I'd go into school and I would not shut up about Jesus. I'd just start talking about him. I was really overambitious and undereducated, probably did more harm than I did good. But I remember I was just talking about Jesus all the time. You gotta come to church. You gotta do this, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. And I remember, and that's what it was, is I had a heart for people. Because I knew that Jesus had a heart for me and I was walking with him and he was showing me. And so now I start to think about it. Do I do all of that same stuff? Or, or do I get distracted with I gotta do this task? You know, sometimes we get so, get so caught up, get so caught up in distractions, being preoccupied in, in doing church that we forget to be the church. And that looks like something. When we are actually the church, it isn't always safe. It isn't always just so comfy. There is something challenging to that. And I'm speaking to myself here. I'm not speaking like you don't know what I'm talking about. I know you know what I'm talking about. We, it was something we all go through. These distractions that hit us preoccupied. I just don't have time for that. My challenge to you, church, is to what are those distractions in your life that are causing you to be preoccupied? What are those things in your life? What do those little foxes look like? I want you to ask yourself a few questions. So what are some things that you are waiting for? What are some things that you are waiting for? And what I mean by that, let me, let me clarify that, is what are some things that you've just been praying for? Lord, whenever you first called me, I knew I was gonna be in ministry. 
I knew I was going to get a job at the church or I knew I was going to have this successful business. What are those things in your life? I'm waiting for this business to take off. I'm waiting to, to be in ministry. I'm waiting to do this. I want you to think about those. Okay, I want you to think about those. I also want you to think about what are some things that you've been putting off because of distraction. Now, if you feel like you need to open a business, why haven't you? I mean, I, I get it. I understand like there's, there's, you need income. You need to do you need, I understand there's, it is much more easier to say than to do. I understand that. Trust me. I got a lot of dreams and ambitions. I have this like incredible dream for building tiny houses. Why they have to be tiny, I have no idea. But my question is, how come we haven't done those things? Because if, if the Lord has called, I'm going to say like a desire, but the Lord has called you to do something. And he, he's telling you, hey, this is what I want you to do. Just step out in faith and do it. You don't have to be qualified because he's called you. That makes you qualified. This is a challenge to do some dangerous things, church, okay? So what are some things that you say, I just don't have time for? I want you to think about why is it that you say that? Why is it that you say, I don't have time for such and such. And I want you to think about it because it might just be, maybe it honestly is, it, maybe you really don't have time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about maybe it's just been an excuse we can throw out. I just don't have time for it because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to go to a life group for the first time. It is uncomfortable to invite somebody. Listen, as the church, we need to be so generous. We need to be so generous. We need to be so inviting. We need to be so inviting. Uh, can't think of his name. I won't even say it because I can't think of the guy's name. But um, there are things that people can look at from the outside and say, aren't, aren't Christians supposed to be giving? Aren't Christians supposed to be like stepping out in faith? Like, is it like, isn't that what it's supposed to look like? And you're, I mean, they're right. We need to step out in faith and not let those little foxes just stop us because it's those little foxes that ruin what God has already put in you. If you, you know I'm talking about that call on your life. If I know the Lord is telling me to go in this direction. I know this is what the Lord is telling me to do. But those distractions keep popping up. And because, and because of that, it's starting to ruin it. And what's great about it, my favorite part, this is my favorite part, is that we don't do it alone. We don't ever do it alone. He said, will you remove them? Let's do it together. That's why whenever I was walking out in the woods, it wasn't about me just walking out there alone. I told you I felt his presence. He was there. We were walking together. And if you didn't catch on the, the river that I was standing in, that represents him. And whenever I got into that river of living water that was freezing, that is whenever that revelation of the dream hit me. When I was in that, I wasn't just, I wasn't just you know, planted. I was rooted. I wasn't just planted. I was rooted in knowing who he was. There's a, there's a point to, I want to make this point. There's a point to where we get in this mindset of just doing, doing, doing. We start striving. You heard Tate sing about, there's no striving. There's no striving. I didn't know what that meant. And one day the Lord said, you got to stop striving and start striding. Striding. You know what the word striding means? This is like blew my mind when I looked this up. The word striding uh, actually means to make uh, pointed, intentional, long steps in a specific direction in a specific direction. So once you hear that call, once you hear that direction on your life, stop trying to strive, and I gotta get there, I gotta get there, I gotta get there, whatever it looks like, put everything aside, I'm getting to that point. No, no, it's about walking. It's about taking that point of step, I'm walking with the Lord, and I know we're gonna get there. Why? Because he is with me, never to leave or forsake me. 
And so I want you to think about those questions. Uh, I'll read to you one more scripture because that's like the biblical thing to do is read to you scripture. So uh, this is Mark 4. Mark 4, this is uh, the parable of the sower. I want to leave you with this. He's talking about uh, the thorns that are choking everything. He says, and the seed sown among thorns represents those who hear the word, who hear the call, who hear what the Lord's saying, but they allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and desires or for other things to crowd out and choke the word out so that it produces nothing. Church, I do not want victory life. I don't want you as a person to ever have something that gets choked out because of distraction, to let these little foxes ruin the vine. I firmly believe, and I'm not just saying this to get a reaction. I firmly believe in all of my heart that this church is special that this church is gonna have incredible dreams that I know that are already birthed in the inside of you. And from that, we're gonna see Durant change and not just Durant, but Oklahoma and beyond Oklahoma, the US. And I know, I know that that calling is in your heart. I know it is, but it's those little, those little distractions. So if you would, I just wanna pray. I just wanna pray for y'all, pray for myself. pray for my wife who had to endure me for all those years and uh, and just man I know that the Lord is birthing things and listen if you have questions about what I said come talk to me okay Uh, I know that there are if ands ors or buts and a lot of things but just trust in God and start walking with him and if you really have questions come bug Pastor Zach and tell him to pastor you through him okay (laughs) but anyway let's let's pray and uh and then I think I'm handing it over to to Pastor Zach So Jesus, I thank you so much, so much, Lord, that simply the call on our life is to know you, to simply know you. Father, I do not want to get to that place in my life where distractions are catching everything in my life, not being able to see straight. I don't want us as a church to get to that point. I don't want to ever say, I don't have time to know you. So Father, help me, help us as a church to solely know you and you alone, and I pray that if we seek the kingdom first, that everything else is added unto us. I thank you for your word, Lord, that is truth, that is that living water refreshing us all, and thank you for your Holy Spirit, the great comforter, who comforts us and leads us and guides us, and we thank you for it, and we give you, Jesus, all the glory tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.